Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome to our show today our guest, Troy Bombardia, founder and publisher of BullMarkets.co. He's a researcher, a blogger, and focuses on the general U.S. market direction and movement uh, over the uh, future days, weeks, months, and years. He speaks to us from their headquarters in in Sydney, Australia. Troy, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Hi, Charlie. Thank you for having me on. So, Troy, you combine fundamental and technical analysis to read the expected biases of stock direction in the general U.S. stock market, and you publish that for your subscribers. So first, briefly describe for us how it is that you have an American accent, but you're in Sydney, Australia. So I work for my parents' hedge fund for around 10 years. And um, so basically over those 10 years, we mostly traded gold and silver, and we did so using a discretionary trading approach. And it was a terrific 10 years. We 40 x our capital. Um, but from 2014 to present, I really started to focus on trading the U.S. stock market and doing so from a medium-term and a long-term approach. And in 2016, I came out here to Sydney, Australia uh, for business, and I've stayed since. Okay, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, 15 seconds on an American living in Australia. <laughs> right, yeah, it's not that common for sure. So, uh, in, in, enjoyable? Is it pretty much like the U.S., or uh, are people uh, more laid back, less b laid back, uh, terrible drivers, uh, uh, pleasant and nice? <laughs> uh, we all know Australians are known for drinking beer and crocodiles. Uh, so, any quick comments on that? Uh, well, Australia has a physical environment. It's very comfortable. Like the weather here in Sydney, Australia, is very moderate. In the winter, it's quite warm, and in the summer, it's hot, but you get that nice ocean breeze going. So the environment is definitely very nice. Um, people are definitely a lot more laid back. If you imagine, you know, the typical surfer stereotype, that's certainly true if you live down by the beaches, close to the beaches. And there are a lot of them. There's like 40 beaches uh, near and around Sydney. So it's definitely a very laid back culture compared to the state. And yeah, it's a very, there are very fun-loving people drinking beer, partying, and all that stuff. <laughs> Okay, well, we appreciate you sharing that with us, and uh, the like it reminds me, I read a book one, I, one time that gave, I, I read a, an article that gave uh, the 10 shortest books in the world, and the third shortest book was A History of Intellectual Thought in Australia. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, the shortest book in the world was 300 Years of German Humor. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> okay, so down to business here, Troy. Uh, uh, tell us about your strategy, your signals, your research. Basically, how it works, what you do, uh, how you recommend things, etc. Okay. So first of all, the key point is that we have to understand what we're trying to do, and our first and foremost purpose in trading or investing is to be buy and hold if you're in the stock market, right? Yeah. Because if buy and hold yields, for example, 7 to 8% a year in the long term, 
then if you're only making 5% a year, then that's not good, right? Because anybody can do buy and hold. Or as Warren Buffett says, a monkey throwing darts at a chart can do that, right? Right. <laughs> so our first and foremost goal is to be buy and hold. And then the question comes down to how do we do that? So that's where we use a combination of three things. We use fundamentals to predict the stock market's long-term direction. We use technical analysis to predict the stock market's short-term and medium-term direction. So once we have that directional setting, that's where we start to use leverage ETFs. For example, if you were to buy and hold a hypothetical SSO, which is the S&P 500 2X leverage ETF, from 1950 to present, you'd get around 12.1% a year, right? Okay. But the key problem with buying and holding a leverage ETF, of course, is that when the market goes down a lot, for example, in a bear market, like 2007 to 2009, 2000 to 2002, or even if the market makes, for example, a 15 to 20% decline, that is going to be a much, much bigger decline for a leverage ETF, of course. In a bear market, a leverage ETF like SSO or UPRO, which is the S&P's 3X leverage ETF, can go down 90 to 95%. And of course, nobody's going to want to sit through that, right? And right. a big question, like when the S&P falls 15 to 20%, um, SSO or UPRO can go down 30 to 50%. And of course, those are the big declines that you want to avoid. So what we're really doing is that using fundamentals and technicals, we want to go long and we want to leverage up when the going is good. Kind of like when George Soros says, when you're right, you want to really go for the jugular. And when the going is bad, when the times are bad, when it's a bear market or a big correction, you want to just step back and shift into 100% cash. So when you do that, basically go long when it's a bull market and when there's no big correction. Go into cash when there is no big correction or a bear market. You end up significantly outperforming buying polls. For example, you can easily get 15 to 20%. And of course, if you were to make even better models, you get 20 to 30%. Okay, so, so so Troy, let, the, 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 let's apply that a little bit here. Uh, so in the past week, uh, uh, the, the, the market has been uh, down, which has surprised many, many people, including me. And uh, it has uh, not been good news, okay? So does your system focus on that short of a term, or does short term to you mean... 90 days, uh, define for us a little bit sh uh, short-term and interme intermediate-term. Okay, so these various time frames, they're not just a time, they're also a definition. So long-term is, is this, is the stock market in a bull or a bear market? So bear market is these big 40% declines that last more than one year. For example, 2007, 2009, 2000, 2002, 1973 to 1974, and 1968 to 1970. So that's the long term. If it's not a bear market, then it's a bull market. And of course, bull markets can last for a long time, and bear markets and bear markets can also last for many years. So then we go down to the medium term. And once again, the medium term is first and foremost a definition. It's saying if this is a bull market, then is this a big correction, which is a 15% decline, or is it just a rally within the bull market? So it's either one of those. And of course, the time frame can vary widely. For example, sometimes you can go four years without a 15% decline. And sometimes the medium term between two 15% declines might only be, for example, half a year. So generally speaking, we say the medium term is six to nine months, and we say the long term is one year or above. Okay. And the short term is generally over the next one to two months. Okay, and which are the, uh, uh, g g give them to us in a degree of difficulty here. 
short, medium, and long term? Pardon? Yeah, give them to us in degree of difficulty. Is the short term the most difficult to call accurately, and then the and then the medium term and the long term, or what? what you know, which is uh, the the more difficult one? Okay, so the long term is always the easiest. The medium term is the second e easiest, and the short term is the hardest to predict and to trade because there is a lot of randomness to the market in the short term. For example, imagine today a big institutional investor decides to sell Apple stock, and you were long. Well, if you're long and you sell half the stock, it's going to go down today, right? And there's no way you could predict that at all because it's just one market player here, one market player there. They all have an impact on the market in the short term. But over, but over the medium term and the long term, none of these individual investors or traders, no matter how big they are, have a significant impact on the market because the market is bigger than everybody. It's summation of everybody's buy and sell action. Okay, thank you. And uh, so, so tell us, you know, I, I take uh, uh, investors business daily and every day they have, uh, you know, well, what is the current trend of the market? And it's either um, uh, bearish or under pressure or, uh, or bullish. Uh, so how would your signals uh, differ and what do you do differently than they probably do here? So our main point of difference is that we combine fundamental analysis with technical analysis because the point is, if you were to use a technical indicator, for example, a very simple example, using RSI, you cannot use the exact same indicator in a bull market and in a bear market. For example, in a bull market, if RSI, let's say, hits 25, that's probably the bottom of the stock market. But in a bear market, when RSI hits 25, the market is probably going to go much, much lower. So that's why we add the fundamental overlap. So we say the fundamentals determine the long term, and under that long term direction, where is the market most likely to go? And that, I think, is the difference between us and many other of these services in the market, which is that we combine fundamentals and we do so using a quantitative approach. We don't just, you know, guesstimate and say, oh, we think the fundamentals of the economy or whatever are getting better or they're getting worse. We're just looking at the data, plugging into our models, and saying from an objective standpoint, are the fundamentals getting better or are they getting worse? And under that scenario, under the long-term scenario, is this bullish or bearish based on technical analysis? Okay. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in going over your uh, your research and what, what you uh, send out is something that, that I, I don't remember seeing elsewhere and that I find to be very, very helpful. And so tell us a little bit about it. It is, you'll take something like, I think the one I, I read most recently was oil had dropped, uh, USO ha had dropped a certain percentage uh, over the past whatever period of time. And then you show how... Uh, what the price of oil, how the price of oil changed over the next week, month, three months, year, five years, etc. And I, I have found that to be very, very helpful. And you've done the same kind of thing with the S&P. And then you'll, you, you'll show, well, the S&P, how it has responded after oil has dropped by whatever it has dropped recently. So tell us about that, uh, the, 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 those metrics that you give that I don't remember seeing elsewhere. Okay, so with those metrics, what we're really doing is we're quantifying technical analysis and we're quantifying price action. So a lot of traders, they will look at the chart and say, I think this chart right here looks bullish, I think it looks bearish, I think this breakout breakdown looks bullish or bearish, I think this you know, momentum extreme looks bearish or bullish. 
And what we're really trying to do is we're quantifying those observations. We're saying, is that really bullish or bearish? For example, is a breakdown below the 200-day moving average historically actually bearish or bullish for the stock market? How does the stock market tend to perform after the next one month, two months, three months, six months, one year after a certain technical setup happens? And in a way, what we're really doing is we're just reflecting how people learn because why do you think that a breakdown below the 200-day moving average is bearish? No baby comes into this world thinking that a breakdown like that is bearish. What they do is they've seen, okay, over the past, from my past experience or from what I've learned from others, the stock market tends to go down after a breakdown, for example, below the 200-day moving average. And what we also know is that a lot of conventional technical analysis, a lot of conventional beliefs is not true. So what we're really trying to do is just understand, under a certain technical setup, is this setup actually bullish or bearish from a historical standpoint? And we can use the past as a guide, because if we don't use the past as a guide, then really we don't have much of anything to use as a guide. We're just guessing, right? So in your example, in the oil example, price action tends to repeat itself throughout history. And every market's price action is different. For example, in the, in the example that you mentioned, we were saying, if oil, you know, has fallen to a one-year low and then it has crashed more than 6% on one day, is that a sign of capitulation selling? Because a lot of traders will look at that scenario and it's falling to a one-year low and then it crashes on the final day. A lot of people will think it's a sign of capitulation. And all we're doing is running the numbers through Excel for a back test and seeing if historically that scenario actually caused oil to go up or down. And then we use that scenario against the S&P saying, okay, oil has fallen, crashed to one-year low, is that bullish or bearish for the stock market? Because a lot of people say, oh, you know, oil is crashing, that can lead to contagion for the stock market. Well, we're just trying to find out from a factual perspective, does this actually lead to contagion, or does it tend to not lead to contagion for the stock market? You know, Troy, uh, I, I find that to be exceptionally helpful. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with uh, like another advisor, and they say, "Hey, you know, if uh, if the if the market is below their 200-day moving average, we just stay out." And I want to say, do you have eyes? <laughs> have you looked at that? Do you, do you know how quickly you can figure out that it's been wrong? Uh, you know, eight out of yeah, ten yeah. times or something in the past. Exactly. 10 years, or people talk about, you know, I, I hear, I read in the Wall Street Journal, the death cross or the golden cross, you know, <laughs> and they're usually talking yeah, about the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average, and I want to say, just yeah. look at it, folks. Okay, it was yeah. right once, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's been wrong ever since 2008. It's been the dumbest thing you yeah. could do, uh, you know, or, or they'll come up with a different one. You just look at it and you see. So what you are doing is, like you say, you are quantifying that and again i i don't see that occurring elsewhere did you come up with this yeah it's just i did it like through a discretionary approach in the past i used to say okay under this scenario and then i try to draw all the charts then i just realized you don't even need to draw the charts just run the numbers through excel and basically just really back test whatever you're thinking and on the topic of your 200 day moving average and the golden death cross when you use those indicators the chance of it being right like you said is less than 50-50, like it's no better than a coin toss. Yeah. But, so, for example, if you were to compare two things, right, and these are very simple things, you just run the numbers through Excel, buy and hold from 1950 to present, versus buy and hold only when the S&P is above its 200-day moving average. And when you find out is that buying and holding only when the market is above its 200-day moving average actually causes you to underperform buy and hold by a little bit. 
for example, the S&P goes from like 17 to 20 to uh, 2700 right now, whereas that strategy will take you from 17 to around 2500 right now. But the main difference between these two things is just that when the market is under the 200-day moving average, there tends to be a lot more volatility. And of course, because by definition, all the big crashes do happen under the 200-day moving average. But when the S&P is above the 200-day moving average, i.e. when it's turning higher, it tends to have less volatility. So that's really the main difference, basically how much volatility you have. But in terms of performance, it actually doesn't do you a whole lot of good. And because for every single 2008-style event that you avoid, using something like the golden uh, and death cross, or you know, using the 200-day moving average, there are like eight other false signals where you end up cutting, selling, and you end up buying it back at a higher price. Yeah, that's right. But plus, you know, the the, the price of the transaction fees or commissions, and yeah. uh, it's 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 a hassle. So tell us who your clients are. Certainly not their names, but are they in retail investors? Are they advisors? Are they institutions? Who buys? Who are your subscribers, and 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 why do they subscribe? So our subscribers are usually professionals who work in certain STEM fields, for example, engineering, um, data science, computer science, that sort of thing, because they believe in data more. And they're usually in their 30s to 40s, uh, heavily male, and they are retail traders and investors who are trading and investing on the side, and they want to make more money than buy and hold and avoid bear markets, and they want to do so using a quantitative and data-driven approach. So basically, retail traders and investors they have their own job, upper middle class to upper class, and they come from a STEM background. Well, that is very, very interesting. And uh, having worked for years with uh, engineers and others, uh, you have my condolences in uh, <laughs> several ways. Uh, they, they, they know their stuff. Uh, they're not typically great decision makers. Uh, they can be interesting. Uh, I usually have more fun than they do, uh, but uh, they're typically good. <laughs> they're good people. What major objections do these subscribers typically have before they pull the trigger and, and go with you? Or they don't um, go with major, you? Uh, well, the main thing is that it's a mentality shift because most of these part-time traders, like the other traders, have been taught over the years to focus on all the short-term movements, you know? The S&P goes up 3% today, goes down 3% tomorrow, and they get whipsawed by all the short-term movements. So really, what I'm, what I'm trying to help them do is to get that mindset shift and go away from focusing on the short-term to focusing on the medium-term, because that's how you really outperform in the markets. Focus on the medium to long-term and just ignore most of the short-term stuff as just noise, because it tends to shake people out. Yeah, and I find the very same thing, especially by people who only use a uh, daily chart. And, and yeah. I, I say, hey, look, you use the daily chart. Who cares? Okay, I mean, yeah. once every five or ten years, does it matter what it did today? And so, you know, you, you use a, lo a longer-term chart. So you've got lots of stuff on your website. Tell us a little about what you offer, because I, uh, I see that you have a... Uh, a strategy that is free and that uh, people can follow that has uh, a good track record. You have others that, that cost. So tell us about the, the things that you offer on your website. Okay. So on the website, we have two free quantitative trading models. And basically, these two models, the first one generates around 16.1% a year, and the second one generates around 17.2% a year. And these models are back tested. You can go and download the data and all that. 
And basically what they're showing you is that when you combine fundamental analysis, for example, using initial claims, using the yield curve with technical analysis, your returns massively jump. So that's just uh, two free examples of how you use quantitative fundamental trading models to make your trading much better. Now, inside what we have is the membership program. The membership program has several parts, and the first and most important part is basically our pay trading model. So these models are even better than the free ones in that they help you avoid bear markets, big corrections, and in doing so, you avoid times when the market's going down. And when the market's going up, and for example, a bull market, in a bull market or a big rally, you leverage up using SSO, and that generates between 20 to 30 percent a year. So basically, in the membership program, you get the model, you can see exactly how you would build such a model, exactly how you use the model, and you can make it really your own. And so when uh, you compute these things, I presume you're not uh, thinking that somebody is uh, selling short or using an inverse ETF. I presume people, you're presuming that they go to cash. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, returns are going to cash. Yeah. Okay. And, but uh, you, you just send out the, uh, you're a researcher. You send out the information. So if somebody wants to go long, somebody wants to use 2x, somebody wants to use 3x, somebody wants to go short, somebody wants to go to cash, somebody wants to use options, uh, either spreads or calls or puts or whatever, that's completely up to them, correct? Yes, that's right. We're just trying to be your coach. We're just trying to guide you. Ultimately, the decision on what to buy and sell is up to the subscriber. Okay. So tell us, uh, Troy, uh, change the subject just a little bit here, question we like to ask our guests. What's the best advice that you've ever heard, read, or received about investing? Um, I think I read this from one of Warren Buffett's books or maybe one of his newsletters. And it was basically the real money is made by being right and sitting tight. Because a lot of traders have this constant need to jump in and out of the market and try to catch every single move. And often what they do is when they try to avoid, for example, a 2% decline, the stock market goes up 3% first and then falls 2% and they end up buying it back at a higher price. So really focus on the medium term, focus on the long term, and just sit. That's, that's the real job of an investor and trader most of the time. Just sit and just make sure that your thesis, your investment or trading thesis is still right. Uh, you know, Troy, uh, I've heard that uh, trading tells you more about yourself than it does about the markets. And what you say is so easy to hear and listen to and to agree with, and for at least for me, so difficult to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably an impatient guy, and I just want to, you know, <laughs> want to move faster, and, and, and it's just right. tough to, to sit and hold. But what you're saying, well, I'm, I, I'm sure, is very, very accurate here. Okay, uh, well, what keep? Everyone, go ahead, go ahead, Troy. Okay, well, I think everyone's trading strategy really just revolves around their personality and what their trading psychology can bear. For example, someone who's impatient will have to get in the eye of the market very often, or someone who's more patient um, will get in and out uh, on a less frequent basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the second question we'd like to ask all our guests, what keeps you awake at night, Troy? Besides um, the beer-drinking Australian neighbors next in the place next door. <laughs> well, I'm not really uh, concerned or worried about models because everything that we do is back tested and we know under certain scenarios what are the max drawdowns what is typical and what is not typical so performance really isn't that much of a concern but what does really make me wonder is the next bear market because as you know this bull market has lasted a long time 
But more importantly, the economic expansion is coming to an end. It is still expanding, but it's slowing down slowly, and it'll slow down more in 2019. And by 2020, we'll probably have a recession. And it makes me wonder what the next bear market is going to be like. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as bad as the 2008 scenario. But it is not going to be, it's not going to be pretty for a lot of people, especially people who have just been accustomed to nine years of a consecutive bull market. So just constantly thinking about how that next bear market will play out. Uh, Troy, having done 300-plus uh, of these interviews, I can tell you, you are not alone uh, with that concern. <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone's thought right now. Yeah, but, but unfortunately, people have been thinking that for two to three years. So, you know, the right. big challenge without somebody like you is to uh, know when to get uh, stay in and when to go leveraged and when to get out, etc. So the last question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners, Troy? Um, it's a book called Business Cycles by Lars Tved. I'm not sure if I pronounced that last name right, but it's basically first name L-A-R-S, last name T-V-E-D-E. And basically what he does is that he's teaching you about business cycles because the economy and the stock market move in the same direction in the long term. Right. And he's doing it in a slightly quantitative approach. So he's not using, you know, the standard economics theory that you would, anybody would learn in university or college, but he's doing so through just observations and that's really how you want to understand the economy through observations through historical observations so there's that and the second one actually is in a book um if you can go and find jeremy grantham's old newsletters so jeremy grantham is the founder of gmo which i believe is a 150 billion dollar hedge fund um he used to publish one excellent quarterly newsletter basically explaining how to use valuations plus fundamentals to predict the stock market's long term and reading that has definitely been very very insightful Hey, thank you very much. Uh, nobody's ever mentioned uh, uh, Jeremy Grantham's work, and uh, so we appreciate that input. Thank you very much. He, he and I would definitely disagree on climate change, okay, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to the stock market, I will definitely always uh, defer to uh, Jeremy G Grantham here. And appreciate the, the input uh, on the other book, and uh, no question about it, business cycles are key. So, Give us your website and uh, uh, tell us how people can get a hold of you down there in Sydney, Australia. All right. So the website is bullmarkets.co. That's .co. And basically just hop over, um, read around, sniff around if you want. And then if you want to email me, feel free to do so at contact at bullmarkets.co. Okay. So final words for our listeners here, Troy. Um, so the final words is basically be open and always try to backtest your findings. If you believe in something, if you believe in a trading strategy or model, always try to backtest it and see historically does this actually work or not, or is it just working right now because this happens to be the one out of two times it does work. And also, don't blindly believe in dogma. Don't blindly believe in something just because somebody else says it, just because CNBC says it, just because Warren Buffett says it. Always test things for yourself. A great advice, Troy. Thank you very much, and our, our best wishes uh, to you and uh, bullmarkets.co for continued success, and thank you very much for joining us and sharing your thoughts with us here today, Troy. All right. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. Again, you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, and we've been talking with Troy Bombardia, founder and publisher of bullmarkets.co. I'm Charlie Wright. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. We're wishing you an enjoyable week. 
and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.